Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this evening I am delighted to be joined not only by Kevin McCluskey over in Budapest, but also by James McKenzie just down the road in Edinburgh. Gentlemen, we're here to discuss the pre-match for Celtic versus St Mirren. The special guest at Celtic Park this evening is none other than George Cadet. Used to have a hair quite similar to James McKenzie's, but now he gets it cut to suit his age. James. Have you seen the team? Have you seen the starting eleven? Yeah, I'll say that I was surprised when I saw the team selection, to say the least. I've been harking on and on on the podcast and on the mm. blog over the last few weeks that it seems like Celtic are starting to get comfortable under Brendan Rodgers. They're starting to hit their stride. Things are starting to look a bit settled. Mm. And now we have a completely rotated Eleven basically. I've got a couple of positions are completely changed up. We've got James Forrest coming into the team. You've got um Nat Phillips coming in as well for Cameron Carter Vickers. No Carter Vickers in the squad, which I was incredibly surprised by. And yes. even Tumble being in the team also kind of caught me by surprise. I thought oh Bernardo did enough at the weekend to perhaps warrant keeping his place in the team, but the manager saw things differently. I think, you know, up until now there's been a, a period where Brendan Rodgers has been trying to establish what his best start 11 is. Before he can start rotating, he's, I think he's been trying to identify what is the best 11 I've got here. Um, and now, obviously, he's mentioned during the last couple of weeks the amount of games we're going into this period where it's an incredible run of games. Uh, when he was talking about it, it was seven games in 21 days. I would have more expected, Kevin, I think, uh, for the team to be tinkered with, maybe against Hibs after the European game. But we've done it tonight against St Mirren. Um, no, I'm not 
questioning Brendan Rodgers. Absolutely not. Uh, but it, it was pretty surprising when I seen it tonight. Um, what, if any, of which rather of any of those three changes are you surprised by, Kev? Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, the point you made about if he was going to change the team around, it seems like the uh, weekend against Hibs would have been the more optimal time to do that. I, I agree with that because we'd just come off the back of the big European game against Athletic. Atleti. Um, players were tired because he'd put in such a big effort and the game was just a couple of days later. So I, I would have probably suspected that would have been the game. Possibly he's looked at that and went, it's a tough game away from home, so we'll stick with the players that we've trusted up to this point and then we'll take players out for the game against St Mirren because, you know, fingers crossed and all that, touch wood, whatever, a home game against anyone should be an easier game than an away game against anyone. So maybe he just thought this is one where he, he could afford to do that. Um, but as I say, I, I would probably have done it a bit more against Hibs than tonight. Looking at the three players that have come in, I think the obvious one that stands out is the the surprise is Phillips. Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear James say that he's surprised as well and questioning why Carter Vickers isn't even on the bench because I wondered if maybe I'd missed something out and he's picked up an injury. It's been something that came out in the papers and I've just missed it, but it seems not. So that's a surprise. But again, Carter Vickers did, oops, did miss some time earlier on in the campaign with an injury, so he might still be carrying something. Mm-hmm. He's just thought, there's an opportunity to take him out of the team, so let's do it. But without that being really clear, that becomes a, a surprise. And then the other one is Turnbull coming in because, again, like James, I don't like to agree with somebody so much, so often, but James, I have to agree again. Turnbull coming in was a surprise because I thought Bernardo had done well. He came in against Atletico Madrid. He had a good 85 minutes in that game, virtually the full match. I thought he was excellent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he did too much wrong at the weekend against Hibs either. He, he looked as tired as anyone else, but not to the point where... At a stage, are we at a stage rather then that uh, they're not being dropped, they're merely being rotated? And I think there is a difference then. Um, there's three changes inside, one in defence, one in midfield and one up top. So let's break the team up into those uh, three areas. Sorry, Kev, you froze there, mate. So I hope I wasn't talking uh, This over seems you. to happen quite often during the pre-match shows. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I just talk too much nonsense and my Wi-Fi decides that's enough. To mute you. Yeah, probably. Uh, Kidding. Um, so we'll start... <laughs> We'll start off. You took that one pretty well. We'll start off with a defence then, right? So Joe Hart and goals um, at the back. Alistair Johnson, who was taken off as a precaution due to getting a, a whack in the face. Um, he seemed a wee bit disorientated, didn't he? So they've taken him off in case there was a concussion there. Greg Taylor at left back. And of course, the central defensive partnership of Nat Phillips and uh, Liam Scales. Now, so there's your, your back five with a big change being Phillips in. Carter Vickers out. Could it be a case because the thing with, uh, for example, Oden Holm, who's on the bench tonight, James, um, that wasn't discussed during his injury. That wasn't discussed by Brendan Rodgers, even when he was given um, the question during the, the pre-match press conference uh, to get an update on injuries and fitness, etc. He never mentioned Holm, yet he was injured for a period. So it could well just be that um, Carter Vickers may well just be getting rested. Uh, and as Kevin said, he had an injury earlier on in the season. I don't think he's been yet up to his normal level and his normal standard. And it could be all just be a, a case of resting him. 
Yeah, I'd hope it was that. I think the fact that he had that injury earlier in the season means something could be up. But I'd agree with that if I thought he'd, he'd if he'd been completely dropped from the squad. He's not on mm-hmm. not on the bench either, which makes me think there is something up. You don't drop Cameron Carter because completely out of the equation if he doesn't have an injury. And I was surprised that it was Nat Phillips that was a centre-back to come in from. I thought it was going to be anybody. I mentioned in one of my blogs that perhaps Mike Navrocki would have got a chance today. So mm. I don't know if Navrocki's still getting up to speed or has that revealed to us that Nat Phillips is ahead of Mike Navrocki, the £5 million centre-back in the pecking order. So it, it's shown a lot of what Brendan Rodgers' thinking is when he's come to when it's come to the team size, I think James Forrest being picked up front as well speaks a lot of where perhaps Rogers sees Yang in the pecking order at the moment. So it might just seem like rotation, but it's a bit more revealing than what might initially meet the eye. Yes. Um, welcome, Ian Conroy, to the stream, dialing all the way in from New Zealand. It's uh, more of a sociable time for you to watch a game, am I right? That's right. That's why I... This dad joke went on a bit longer than it should have done because you were always <laughs> so sorry about that. It was just meant to be for a moment. Um, just to denote that um, it's actually daytime here and it's sunny. Daily. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, fantastic. It's great to have you as always. It's match day or match evening where we are, Ian, and we're just having a I'll run through some of the changes that have been made to the side following the stalemate at Easter Roads. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the defence, it, it does um, beg a few questions. The first being, where's Carter Vickers? Should we be worried? That's the first thing you think. And then you look at the bench and you see that uh, Navrosky's back in there as backup and no Lagerbjelk. The curious case of Gustav Lagerbjelk. You bring him in for the best part of three million quid. He's playing for Sweden yet he can't get on the bench for Celtic. Um, is this all about Brendan showing his hand when it comes to the pecking order, do you think, Ian, of the centre-halves that we have at the club? Clearly. Um, is it a, a veiled message, or not, maybe not even a veiled message to the board? Was it was, was Lagerbjelk his signing? Um, we we saw before, who was that agent that we had when we, we were getting some of the Israeli players that seemed to be like, you know, convenience, more of a marriage of convenience rather than actually, mm. you know... Um, Scouting, you know, um, so is it a similar thing where it was, you know, we were, we were losing um, a player uh, and it was, it was the same agent, you know, says, oh, we've got a ready made replacement, that's handy. Um, the jury's still out in terms of as, as a Celtic player for Lagabielk, for me. Um, but I certainly think, yeah, I mean, Brendan's the man, he's in charge. And if it wasn't if it wasn't his signing, maybe he's saying, look, you know, it's, 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 it's underpinning the fact that he's not doing it in training, perhaps, or he's not, he's not, he's not doing it. Whether he'd have that luxury if Liam Scales hadn't stepped up to the plate, I don't know. This is this is a great point. Yeah, because Scales was nowhere in the equation, was he, when, when we were bringing these guys in? So, you know, it could well be that Scales has shown a lot more quality, and I think he's shown yeah. us, certainly as fans, a lot more quality. Some of the comments that were coming in um, in this afternoon's bulletin were uh, along the lines that Scales is actually the on-form centre-half. He's playing better than Carl Vickers at the moment. And by the way, we're not writing Carl Vickers off. But it might well take him a wee bit of time to come right back up to the same standard Ian, you know, that, that he attained prior to his injury. Um, I find that a really interesting point you make. And I don't want to uh, be all um, you know, conspiracy theories when it comes to recruitment and all this kind of stuff. Because Brendan Rodgers has uh, stated that you know the players 
he he has the yay or the nay over the, the players when it comes down to it. And if, if there was a particular player he didn't think was going to benefit his squad or improve his squad, he wouldn't sign him. But um, the Lagerbilt one is an interesting one. He's not been mentioned in terms of injury or fitness. So, Kev, what Ian's saying there, it would suggest at the moment um, perhaps Brennan Rodgers doesn't quite think he's there. Um, John Hughes earlier on in the, the bulletin this afternoon, uh, he picked up on the fact that Lagerbilt lacks a bit of uh, speed. And I think that, for me, has been the biggest failing I've seen in his game. Or is it just the case that we brought these players in, plenty of time to develop, and might come back to him at a later date? Yeah, I mean, he is a young lad, so he does still have time. I think he's only 21 years old, so we've got him on a four or five-year contract. He's got time to develop and settle in at the club, but if you come to Celtic for three and a half million or whatever it was we've signed him for, mm. you do expect a, pretty much a ready-made player to come in. Um, his lack of pace is definitely something that was highlighted in the few games that he played. Other than that, I felt he looked... He looked like a player with potential rather than that kind of ready-made replacement for Starfelt. Um, but it is, it is definitely a surprise, or not a surprise, it is a, it's a shock in a way to see a guy that's coming for that kind of money not even getting close to the bench. Where we've spoken before about somebody like Phillips who's not our player, but we would rather play him than give permanent signing the chance to yeah. play and develop and prove himself. Mm-hmm. It's those kind of things that do make you question that signing to a degree. Actually, she, she said, you see Rogers gets to say on who comes in, did he get the say in Lagerbilke? Was it something that was in the pipeline before he's come in and he's just, he's okayed it because it was there already? You just, you don't know from the outside, but it does seem surprising that you say that we'd spend that kind of money and then not have him in the team. But what I'm thinking, Kev, right, is we've gone on um, over the last few months since Ben Rodgers returned to the club about how he's changed. You know, there's a, there is a different approach to him. Um, Ian and I had a really good discussion the other day uh, about the uh, David Brent style uh, documentary series that that uh, Ian wrote about on the blog just last week. It's a really good blog. You should check it out. Um, and it's the smell of mincing. That, that's all I need to say, the smell of mince when you go for a run. And um, there, there definitely was last time round, uh, a tendency for Brennan Rodgers to make it pretty clear if a player came in and he had, hadn't identified the player or rated the player, he wouldn't play them. And the two big examples I remember were uh, Kevin Graham and, and my pal Marvin Compere and um, Marion Sved. Marion Sved barely kicked a ball. Um, and, and when you look at what these guys cost you per game, um, and transfer fees and wages. It was shocking. But Brendan Rodgers, last time round, if he didn't rate a player that really wasn't his player, he just wouldn't play them. Uh, do you think there's a bit of that about it, James? Or are we digging too deep in this so early in the season? Well, I think there's a perfect example of that in the Celtic squad right now. I don't know if you'd even consider him as part of the squad. Uh, Keon Quorn Q. We saw him in James Forrest's testimonial against Athletic Club and we haven't seen him since. Not even on the bench or anything like that. He's been completely AWOL. And the only time he's played since then was for the B team and Mikey Moffat's testimonial. So uh, you can clearly tell that he isn't a Brendan Rodgers player. And 
the only times that we've seen Gustav Lager be because so far is when Rodgers has been forced to play him. It's been when, when was there was the, no yeah. other option apart from mm-hmm. Liam Scales and Gustav Lager okay. It had to be them because the pair at that point in time, if everybody was fully fit, would have been nowhere near the pitch at Ibrox. But they both stepped in and they both played well. And I've been pretty shocked, much like Kevin McCluskey, as to why we haven't seen Gustav Lager be okay so often. I think he didn't really put too much of a foot wrong in the domestic games he played. He hasn't conceded a goal domestically yet. It was just his inexperience shining through, coming to the fore against Feyenoord and Rotterdam, which seems to have excelled him from the Celtic squad. And it was it was, a, it was some mistakes that anybody else in the park could have made because it's still a very inexperienced team as a whole at that level, bar a few players like Cal McGregor and Joe Hart. So... I think you can excuse that and I would have thought we'd seen him a bit more often this season, especially given his positive start to the season. He was rewarded with a call-up to the Swedish national team because of those performances in the early stages. So we can't let him be out of the team sort of blind the fact that he was good when he was called upon. No, you're right. And and, uh, well-made points. Ralston being the other option off the bench. Of course, he came on for Alistair Johnson at the weekend and does what um, Tony Ralston does. Moving into the the midfield then, earlier on, just in case you missed it, Ian, we we had the opportunity to ask John Collins last night about Callum McGregor. Obviously, McGregor was introduced along with some other uh, players such as Kieran Tierney, uh, for example, into the first team, uh, whilst John Collins worked alongside Ronnie Dyla. And uh, he spoke about the uh, incredible transformation in a boy who was so embarrassed to speak to uh, the head coach at the club that when he was spoken to, he would blush and, and he'd get all embarrassed and he was very timid and all this stuff. And eight years later, he's captain in the side to, to doubles and trebles. And um, I think that he's been a revelation, but I also uh, read with interest some of the reports from the data guys talking about how as a, an offensive force, he is not, as effective as as he once was, and with age, is coming at a slight decline in assists and, and goals, etc. So that that's absolutely fine. He's still the linchpin, if you ask me, and he's alongside Matt O'Reilly, the best player so far this season, who apparently is worth twenty five million pound plus. If you want to listen to uh, Fabrizio Romano and David Turnbull, who might have raised a few eyebrows, um, his inclusion on the bench, and uh, you know you've got Tomoki Awata, who could have been playing in there or uh, Odin Thiago home, one of James's favourites, he could have stepped in. And of course, Bernardo, who's um, featured prominently in the last couple of games. Were you surprised yourself, Ian? What's your take on Turnbull as a midfielder? Is he the type of player who could fit into this, this side under Brendan? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, he's proven it the start of the season, hasn't he? Um, and with, with, with does that mean that Kyogo is going to be playing about that more deeper role again? So we get so it allows them for the so that have those mid, runs from midfield. Uh, he got he got a few goals, didn't he? So I'm, I'm happy with the lineup. Um, luckily for us, you know, it could, it could have been Iwata or it could it could have been Bernardo um, that had gone in and slotted in there. I'm sure we'll see them at some point during the game. Yeah. So um, yeah, I th- and I also as well the, th- the point on McGregor. Of course, you know, time waits for no man, and, and it's like he's he's such an intelligent player and such a class act. One of my buzz 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 phrases, I suppose, class act. But we've got a few class acts that you know sort of threaded throughout that team. None more so. Uh, and embodied uh, than, than Callum, Callum McGregor, and we've got we've got younger legs to do the running for him. You know, it's that that those brains that you can't teach. You know, he's got that football intelligence, mm-hmm. and it it it, felt, it permeates throughout the team. You know, I remember when he was given a uh, uh, Barisic when he was he was giving him verbals in that game, the three 0 game. You know, and he was on him, he was on him, and he was almost laughing at him. You know, and it was like that just filtered through the team. You know, and it's like and it filtered. All the way over here to New Zealand, you know, when I was watching that, and it yeah. gave me that real. So, what goodness knows what it must do to the team, you know, and when he does that the huddle, you know. So, um, there can be no flies on anyone in that team when Callum McGregor's in the team. He's the heartbeat, and he's. It, we, we saw when there was the when when Hart got sent off, when uh, when Rogers called him to the side of the pitch. That they've got that that synergy and that 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 togetherness. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think we're looking. The midfield looks pretty decent. Um, I think the tech, the team, the line looks pretty decent. Brendan will obviously will we'll tweak this as we go along. We've we'll got a couple more transfer windows, and um, be interesting to see where we end up after those those transfer windows. And interestingly, I was going to make a point before um, when you when you asked James a question about the about lag, lag of the, the defence. Um, do we have that synergy backstage? You know, Rogers. We don't want that as a club. It's not. It's, it's not beneficial to anyone when we don't have the 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 the, the, the procurement team um, having synergy with, with Rogers, the manager. You know, yeah. we, we need we need him to. We don't want to be a, a point where where it's point scoring and one upmanship. Not that it is, actually is that, but it could be a wee bit. You know, um, we want to make sure that everyone's on the same page and we're signing players. Obviously, there's a risk. You're not going to sign players in a 100 percent success rate. Even Ange didn't have that. We we want to get near his damn it, and that only comes with unity. The unity that Brendan's talking about, and 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 you know that the the, the, um, the scouting department must must be uh, aligned with that. No, you're you're spot on. You're right. Um, we definitely don't want there to be um, any kind of conflict behind the scenes, and in particular, you know, the other day they were talking, we were talking about recruitment, and uh, it was mentioned about yeah, you know, Brendan's a, a very busy man, aye, but the, the most important part of his job is the players that he has at his disposal. So, you busy yourself with making sure that the guys that are brought into the club are the right players, and um, listen, we might be looking too much into it. Uh, there could be a, a really good reason for it, very much like uh, the reason that wasn't given for Odin Holm uh, being in the side or being out of the side, rather. Um, Kevin, D- David Turnbull, you know, I, I agree with Ian. He's a-, he's a very fantastic football player. And at his age, he needs to be playing football. And, you know, he would get a game for any other side in Scotland. 
he's not signed a, a new contract. And um, I remember after the game against Ross County, the opening fixture of the season, when Brennan Rodgers wasn't doing cartwheels about his performance, even though he was the man of the match, he'd scored the goal and he played really well. Um, he was pretty non-committal. It was all about, you know, if he plays like that, you'll get a game. It was kind of like that was the attitude. Um, David Turnbull's got an opportunity tonight. And uh, I do get the sense, a wee bit like if always given a game the night, he really needs to grasp it, doesn't he? He does, big time, yeah. Because he's 24 years old, something like that now, going into the last six months of his deal with us. I don't know if we've got any clause that we've got a, like an automatic option that we can get him for another year. Don't know if that exists with him. But if not, he's playing for his future every time he walks out of the park for Celtic now. And it's either playing for his future to stay with us, to earn a new deal, or to get a move elsewhere. And, yeah, he's... Um, He's, like a, he's a frustrating player. I don't mean it in that way. I'll try and phrase it a wee bit better. He's a, he's a player who's got lots of talent. And like you say, he could walk into any other team in the league and he'd be a first-team player. But he's always been a player that I've just thought has been lacking a wee bit something to be considered a, a regular and a first-team player for Celtic. He's, um, he's definitely got it in him, though, that he could improve his game and get there. And I think that's probably where Brendan looks at him after some of the games he's played and he's scored a goal or two goals, as I think he did in the opening game. And you'll look back and go, his overall performance was actually pretty poor. He didn't do that much, but he's got his name in the score sheet. So you can't take him out of the team. But then when he doesn't score, I often feel his contributions pretty limited in a game. So he needs to just maximise those chances and, and like do better at what he can do well. So if he's not scoring, he is contributing. Um, and if he doesn't do that, I think Brendan probably will just cut the cloth at some point and get rid of him. because he, And he does have other options, like Odin Holm is there. He's looked really good in the few games he has played. Iwata's must be itching to get in the park and get a game because we know what he can do as well. Bernardo is potentially a £6-7 million signing in the summer if his loan deal works out. So there's a player in there. So it's a big time, it's a big chance for, for Turnbull, yeah. Surprised that he's in the team, but he's got to grab it and he's got to put in a performance that just, even if he's not scoring, he's contributing to the team in a way that he hasn't really done consistently so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the aftermath of last night's gig it has resulted in the usual uh, videos and, and images and all that kind of stuff appearing on the social media pages. And I've had loads of people saying um, around Cadetti and Van Hooydonk, um, that there were a bunch of scoundrels leaving the club and all this kind of stuff. And all I'll say is that before the actual event that we did with, last night with John Collins, Pierre Van Hooydonk and George Cadet, we got a sit-down interview on camera um, filmed by Sean, our videographer, and it's currently being edited. That will be on the channel within the next few days. And we ask them the difficult kind of questions because remember back in the day, 25, 26 uh, years ago, if something appeared in the paper, it was gospel. You know, it was almost gospel, right? So uh, people being misquoted or one side of the story being told um, seemed to have uh, lingered for quite some time. So we did ask Cadet as to the reasons behind him leaving and uh, the part played by Wee Fergus. And we also asked uh, Pierre Van Hoydon about the comments about Seven Grand being okay for the homeless but not a top-class striker. You might be interested in both of their responses. We were also speaking to John 
Collins, a player who absolutely loved in the hoops. And he revealed that um, back in the day, even though, you know, diet and nutrition wasn't as, um, you know, a, a big part of the game as it is now, John Collins was into fitness and nutrition and everything back then. He said that normally the pre-match meal would have been like poached eggs, beans on toast, something like that. Ian, you know, it wasn't three pints and a, and a steak. It was like something that was reasonable. Um, and when Big Pierre came to the club, he introduced his own pre-match meal, which was a chicken curry before a game. He would have a chicken curry before a game. Uh, Big Pierre didn't do him any harm, it's got to be said. If you want to check his goal-scoring rate out, um, throughout his career, he was prolific at every single team he played for. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal crack. And yes, the interview will be on the channel very soon. Might dispel a few myths, or people might decide still not to believe them uh, after they've told their side of the story. Ewan, boy, Martin, great to see you as always. Three points is all I care about tonight, but I do hope for a good performance too. Cadetti is actually the guest of the club tonight as well. You might see him uh, coming onto the pitch to do the half-time draw. And double denim. Um, I wonder if Celtic will go half us on his ear fee in his hotel and accommodation. Probably not. Double denim. Evening, folks. Hope everyone's well. Despite all the off-field drama, I hope the team remain professional and get the job done tonight. Need to be clinical and high energy from the off. More hoops. Yeah, there has been a lot of chat, but I think we probably uh, covered all that in the, the bulletin this afternoon. So we won't go into the Green Brigade uh, statement and the club statement and decision, and we'll probably catch up with any developments tomorrow. Boheed Bob. Glad you tweeted, PJ. I would have been oblivious to the time. Well, there we go. The game is going to kick off at quarter two. And um, I'm going to just run quickly through the opposition lineup and then we'll talk about our top three. We've got Hemming, Fraser, Gogic, Taylor, Strain, Boyd Munz, O'Hara, Tanza, Kilty, Olusanya, and McMenamin starting for St. Mirren, managed by Stephen Robinson, of course. And up top, James McKenzie. We've got Jamesy Forrest starting the game. Uh, with Palmer and Kyogo. Some of the options on the bench there. Yang uh, obviously could come on to make a difference in Maeda. Interestingly enough, Mikey Johnson, after making his first appearance in 19 months, doesn't feature. Has there been any chat about him being injured? Is he not fit for the game? Well, I think it's similar to Carver because we've not really heard anything on a potential Mikey Johnson injury. I think it's more likely that this would be Michael Johnson getting dropped from the squad potentially. He's not really been a consistent starter, so I'd suspect he'd be dropped for that reason, unlike Carter Vickers. But I was surprised to see James Forrest starting this game as well. I thought it could just be because Dyes Mind did look a bit leggy against he him. Did. So he was, was jaded. Quite, it was quite clear in the attack. Kyogo as well, him and Maeda are the two players that do the most running in the entire squad. So when they look sort of a bit Less than 100%, it's fairly easy to tell. And I think yeah. it's a well-deserved rest for Maeda because I don't know how many times he's been subbed off this season, Dyes Maeda. He seems to always play the full 90 minutes in every mm-hmm. game. I don't really recall him being the one that gets subbed off. It was always Palmer or whoever else was playing on the wings. But you're looking for an improvement in the performances of the, the front men, I think, against... Hibs on the blog, I didn't give any of the attackers over a five. I think they were all five out of ten performances for it me. It was a bit of a studs-up uh, blog that you wrote, James. <laughs> no, when Celtic drop points, it always provokes a reaction from supporters from the media. So naturally, I was a bit more critical than I usually would be. I think I'm quite critical of my ratings anyway. I don't really give out nines or tens. Well, you don't. What on earth would they need to do to get a ten? <laughs> 
I don't know. I've, I've not seen Hardrick this season. I don't think so. A bit like that French right. magazine Le Keep that doesn't it? It gives it the really harsh football ratings. I'm not sure I'm held in the same regard though. But you're looking for performance level improvements from those in the front lines. You're looking for some top performances. No, you definitely are. Uh, I'm just going to run around and get some predictions. Um, but one last thing that I, I said last night, uh, George Cadet came along and played against Celtic for Sport in Lisbon in 1993 in the UEFA Cup. You'll remember it, Ian. Bobby Robson was the manager of... The great Bobby Robson was the manager of Sport in Lisbon. And on that night, we beat them 1-0. Jerry Craney scored the winning goal at Celtic Park. And um, they had a young kid called uh, Louis Figo playing in the midfield. And we had Pat McGinley. And we beat them. Phenomenal. Um, Ian, by the way, Pat McGinley played for our select team. It's no dig at Pat. He played for our select team just the other month there up at St. Rocks. Um, give me a prediction for this evening. Do you think it's uh, going to be plain sailing or is it going to be a, one of these games again that we come up a, a, against a very robust and well-organised Stephen Robinson signed it and it's going to be hard to break them down? What do you make of it? I think if we score early, it'll be a 3-1. Hmm. Um, if we don't score early, be a bit more laboured. Possibly 2-0. 2-0. I could see that, yeah, where you get the breakthrough maybe after the 65th minute and add a wee goal at the end. Kevin, what do you reckon? I'm going to be really boring and just copy Ian because I think he's spot on. <laughs> I think it could be one of those games if we score early goal, early doors will go and it'll be comfortable. But So in the first half of the show, you just agreed with James? You just agreed with James all through, and now you're agreeing with Ian? Aye, you know I mean? aye, but I'm not going to agree with you though, so we'll not, not get a full house. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, what about yourself, James? I'm going to go for 2 nothing as well, but I, I kind of had that in my mind before Ian said Is that just because I said it? No. <laughs> uh, James, I don't mean to make it an echo chamber, but I'm going to go 2-0 as well. That's, that's, that's my prediction for the game. I think they're going to be rigid. They're going to be tough to break down. They're one of the better teams that we'll face in the league, and they'll try and give us a good game. Third in the league, James, am I right? Only defeated once this season, and that was uh, against Rangers, I think. So, yeah, they've yeah. like Tynecastle on some tough grounds and got some really good results. Yeah, they've done well. It's going to be a tough one. Let's go and get to the action. We'll be back at uh, half time. Please join us then. Thank you all for getting involved. And thank you to James, Kevin, and Ian for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.